Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now with a new ally. Our new div friend. I love her so much. We, sh- <laughs> we shall keep her for the rest of the AP. I'm I'm still a little on the fence. Like, this is me just kind of, like, metaing, being like, I don't know if we'd really fully trust her. Like, oh, I think Sudi trusts oh, her, but. Oh, really? Because we just info dumped everything on her last Yeah, we episode. did. No, oh, Sudi, well, Sudi trusts her. If she tries her, to but... cross us, we kill her. It is what it is. <laughs> I was going to say, Jordan, the player, is like, uh, ooh, mm, mm. Hollis, the character, is like, mm, she could be true to her kind. She could not be. We'll see. I don't even think she knows what her kind is, to be honest. I don't think she got a chance to experience it. And that's my worry is like, what if she likes being a div and she wants to go around and just like, plague you, plague you, plague you. And that's not good. I say we dismiss her then. (laughs) (laughs) That's my solution is banish, dismiss, banish, dismiss until she fails. She's a pretty challenging encounter, actually. Yeah, probably. But hey, at least she's on your side right now. So, yeah, when last we left our heroes, the doorkeepers had made their way, well, the doorkeepers still down inside of the guardian vault had, following their divinations, made their way to uh, the chamber I affectionately refer to as H7, known as the Traitor's Crypt. Therein, after uh, some debate, discussion, all the rest of that stuff, they decided to uh, open the sarcophagus and release the Perika Div, Jasura, the Plague Queen of Ko. Upon releasing her, the party had uh, subsequently, she basically popped out and then said, was it Hakatep's lapdogs, I think was the phrase that yeah, she Yeah, she called us Hakatep's lapdogs, and we were like, what? No. How dare. How could you? So offensive. What followed was a, uh, a fairly impressive diplomacy check, and then uh, a subsequent you know, banter back and forth to learn a little bit more about Jashira. And she's so sad. I know, her backstory like crushes my soul. Look, mm-hmm. she can just come and live with the Beckon. Masika's like, you come with us now. It's okay. I don't think your we'll tribe get you some gloves. Okay <laughs> I mean, it depends. Don't like, touch anyone. It's like, it's like, don't give anybody any plagues and then help us, you know, solve any diseases and stuff. So, that I mean, part would be fine. I'm sure she knows like how to cure all kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. We do get a chance to speak with Jashira, whom seems to have been uh, one still angry over the whole situation with uh, with Hakatep and her previous betrayal of said uh, pharaoh. And two, still kind of recovering from, well, even now still recovering from 6,000 years of isolation in perpetual pain. That's some serious Zonkathon stuff right there. Yeah, that's just unnecessarily cruel. But after what we learned about, uh, oh, is it, to, uh, I want to say Neneraset? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Neferuset. I don't know. I could be wrong. Oh, the, the wife? Yeah, it, it really sounds like she worships Narlathotep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a bit of a cruel streak, so I kind of wonder if it eh, was It's probably one of those, idea. like, you know, both could sides weren't great. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying both sides were great, but I feel like the the cruelty of the idea feels feels a little, a little over the top. <laughs> but yeah, you had, uh, you managed to free her. Again, as I believe the uh, the phrase on the door said, uh, may she fester in life forevermore, eternally barred from the great beyond. Yeah. And fester in life up. she did. After a long discussion, you had eventually decided that perhaps the uh, the best course of action would be to give her a chance to you know, prove herself, travel with you, uh, figure out basically what she's uh, she's capable of and uh, and whether or not she's actually interested in possibly some form of redemption or, or something. absolution. I mean, she she kind of convinced us that like everybody that she has beef with is long since gone. So really, it's just Hakatep at this point that she wants to, you know, 
like how you're lumping us all together on? on that. Convinced us. Well, okay. Con <laughs> convinced enough of us to not immediately destroy her. <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to completely destroy her yet. No. I think I think uh, <clears throat> Citra, at least, is being wary. <laughs> but that's kind of Citra's MO. I mean, that's just like yeah. the math. Anything related to Hakatev, she's like, mm, no. Nah. Yep. I mean, you were the moral compass of the party for a while, so. Uh, am I not still? No, no, it's definitely still true. <laughs> be like, wait, when did I fall off and tell me I when? I Masika is neutral good. She always tries to do the good thing. Yeah. You got a I little had, chaotic Narmer. I had backup on that. <laughs> yeah. Narmer's whispering bad influences in your ear. Kalash is just cocky and is like, well, she's a problem. We'll take care of it. It's not a problem right now. So I'm the mechanical catfish on your shoulder. <laughs> she can touch Narmer. She can hang around with Narmer all she wants. It's true, we could be the best of friends. Ah, shooty, once she reaches a high enough level and then becomes immortal, we could be three, the three immortal amigos. <laughs> so, so he, like has a little like thought bubble moment and it's just like the three of them in sombreros. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stuck together forever. Narmer in a sombrero. Save Aww. that for a Patreon. That, that I was going to say, that's, that's, that's going to be some, some, some fan arts coming out of that. I can feel it. So anyway, when we left off, you had decided that uh, you needed to continue your exploration as you are here in the Guardian Vault, not just looking for the Plague Queen of Co. In fact, I don't think you were actually looking for her. We were her, definitely hoping to not here. run into her if at all possible, but you know. Instead, you were down here looking for the Pharaoh's Key, the last item that you need to activate the Kepsutonum. We yep. know it's somewhere beneath us, so there's gotta be stairs around this place. Yeah, because all, all it said was it was under the... the uh, Tombs of the Akumen somewhere. I feel that I must reinforce you think it's somewhere beneath you. Well, think. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah we don't. Well, based on the divination that Masika did. But of course, you know, Toth, or not Toth, um, Toth, who you spoke with, uh, could have just been pulling your leg or you don't entirely know. It's all percentage based. Yeah, I know. Ah, lost omens. Mm-hmm. Curses. Aaron and dying, screwing it up for everyone. Right? Rude. But we're going down the last fork off of the room with the statues of the Akumen. That's yep, what, so the, the southeast? southeast door. Yep. yep. You make your way over. Exit out of, I believe you're having that entire conversation in the Hall of Eternal Henchepsis. Yep. Yes. Before you made your, make your way back up the stairs, the uh, the short flight of stairs that leads back up into the central, the crossroads, the very center of the spokes of the, uh, the wagon wheel that radiate off all the hallways that branch off from the very center of this complex. Again, under the watchful gaze of the six Akumen. Although I say watchful gaze, they actually all stare up towards the northern entrance, basically the way that you came in. So you're kind of walking behind their backs right now. And with only two directions left to go, I believe you wanted to go down the southeastern hallway because the only other option after that are the double doors that exit off the south side of the central chamber opposite of the hallway that you came in from that would have ripped your eyes out. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Yep. Yay. Or an eye if you walked down the hallway with only one eye open. You Not turn, any better. Make your way down the passage. I believe Citra taking point. Sudi following along behind her. Yep. Hollis in the uh, the center. Yep. Masika in the rear. Jasura at the very rear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bow in hand. She's got range. She's still a little wobbly on her feet. She hasn't walked in 6,000 years. Kind of getting used to things. Oh, I actually I think I forgot to mention that... Uh, at the very least, some of her physical ailments, injuries, as well as uh, some of the mental duress that she was under, magically aided in her, her recovery by Masika's heal spell. Yep. Mm -hmm. Citra, you make your way down to the end of the passage. 
A set of slender double doors marks the end of this passage. Curiously, unlike all the other passages you've gone down up until this point, the doors are unmarked. Mm, danger. Are they really unmarked, or is it like hidden markings? Citra would like to look. Yeah, or is it it's been worn away by time, you know? With what's uh, You can go ahead and make me a perception check. All right, we're starting off with the 19s early. Uh, rolled a 19 for a 37. Nice. Very well. Citra approaching, looking over the store. You do not see any signs of a trap. You can tell much as the doors were opposite of this, as you're currently facing the southeastern direction in the northwestern direction, the numerous doors that you had to go through to make your way into the crypts of the Akuminen. This door is arcane locked. Curiously, as you lean down, you get closer to the door to inspect to see whether or not there are traps. You can see that there's the faintest gap between the doors. And through it, you can see a soft, suffusing green light, this emerald radiance that comes from the other side of this door. I don't see a trap, but there is an arcane lock. I mean, that's not something we haven't seen before. No, but everything in this place makes me a bit paranoid. And then Citra will step forward and undo the arcane lock or unlock the arcane lock or however I need Dispel to Dispel the that. arcane lock? Very well. <laughs> so if you'd like, you can go ahead and make me a disabled device. Which is good, because I rolled a five. <laughs> um. So, I still got a 36. Which is still really, really good. <laughs> With the 36, you lean down, look this over, scrape away at the runes, and succeed by one in successfully <laughs> wow. disabling oh. the arcane lock on this door. Wowzers. The door's unlocked. Citra carefully begins pushing the door open, keeping an eye out for more of those fun glyphs that were hidden in the door frames. Mm. You push on the door. It creaks and grinds its way open. After having obviously been locked here for some, you're going to guess millennia. The door catches and you have to shove with a little bit more force, a little bit more force until you're able to scrape the door open. There's a hollow sound coming from something. And as you push it open, you realize it's because the floor of the chamber beyond is covered in bones. Oh, oh no. As you push this open, beyond you see a chamber, rather small, from one side to the other, from the door to the opposite corner, maybe seven and a half feet. Basically like a 10 foot by 10 foot room, although one corner is cut off by this doorway. Hmm. Green light suffuses the entirety of this otherwise unmarked chamber. And you think the skeletal remains of at least dozen individuals lie scattered across the floor. Oh my, that's a lot of people to put in this room. Uh, there are skeletons all over the floor. So he um, kind of peeks his head over uh, over Citra's shoulder. Yeah, no, I don't think we should go in there. I, th I think we might have to. Just where's... sniff and see if there's any magic in there. Yeah, where's the light coming from? Yeah, a Citra will cast Detect Magic. Detecting magic? Uh, there's the constant magical presence that's been through this entire structure. The green light seems to suffuse this entire chamber. There isn't a single point that it comes from. In a very strange way, this emerald radiance makes it so that there are no shadows in this room. In essence, every surface of this chamber glows. Hmm. Uh, you may make a spellcraft if you so wish to, Citra. Oh, okay. I believe in you. <laughs> 
I mean, I haven't really put a whole lot in my spellcraft, so I might be stepping back for somebody else, but I did roll an 18 for a 22. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Ish. A 22 succeeds. Yay. Oh, well, okay then. The green light appears to be a side effect, in essence, one of the, uh, almost one of the indicators that immediately alerts you to what this is. The entirety of this room is warded by a dimensional anchor. That is usually ah. caused by a green ray, which would spring from your hand. However, it seems to suffuse the entirety of this chamber, creating a dimensional anchor effect that covers everything in this room. Ah, so I think I figured it out. There's a dimensional anchor on the room. And then she like gives a thumbs up to uh, Hollis real quick. Good job. <laughs> I think this is where people go poof and end up. If they try I to teleport. I have a feeling that those skeletons might animate if we go in the room. Because why else would they be there? Because they teleported and got trapped. There's also other a single other magical aura in this chamber. Ah, uh, which is? Uh, it seems to be coming from an object towards the back of the room. You may make a spellcraft if you so wish. Not as well on that one. I rolled a 12 for a 16. That one you don't know. All right, let's shuffle. We're shuffling. We're shuffling. Well, you yeah. think if somebody had the magic to teleport in here, they would be capable of casting the dispel magic or something to dispel the arcane lock. It was on the outside of the door. Oh, it's on the other side mm -hmm. of the door. Oh, yep. that is genius. Oh, man. Which is <laughs> not So it's likely. basically wow. impossible for a spellcaster. Yeah. Oh, man. Hollis kind of shimmies forward to, to look into the doorway at this other item. You know? Cool. Looking through the room, uh, a little bit more description here. You can tell that the uh, the door itself, while it looks pristine on the side you came in through, has severe damage on the opposite side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they tried all their different spells to get out. And That's interesting. It. Scorch marks, acid marks, and such cover the surrounding walls, but apparently nothing. Well, and again, as far as like trying to fireball your way out, there's no way to not catch yourself in any of those area yep. effects. Yeah. You'd need like a disintegrate, maybe, would be yeah, able to do it. would work. You'd have to do a couple of them, probably. Oh, probably, yeah. Jessica, what did you get for your... I only rolled a three for a 27. Uh-oh. Yeah. 27 will still shuffle. succeed. Oh, oh yeah, hey. good. On the far side of the room, buried under uh, the remains of what seems to have been just another individual, again, as you look in here for longer and longer, you can see more and more of the disturbing signs of what these people resorted to over times after oh. being trapped in here long mm. enough. Any of the clothing of any of these individuals has decayed to the point that you think even the air opening from Citra opening that door has reduced most of it to ash and dust. Oh. Many of these bodies must have been down here for thousands of years. Yikes. These are the few that managed to slip by Tefnishu. Hmm. Or tried something stupid like directly teleporting into the Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably the directly ah. teleporting that got them trapped. However, a fine blue, white, and purple cloak still remains held together by its magic on the far side of the room. Uh, this is a cape of the Montemonk. Oh. <laughs> Once per day on command, this this bright cape allows its wearer to use the magic of Dimension Door. Oh, which would immediately hilarious. put you in the room. Yep. When he disappears, he leaves behind a cloud of harmless gray smoke, appearing in a similar fashion at his destination. Oh man, I love that. I'm going to need that in my life. Uh, as a side note for... Eh, Hollis, what do you get taking 10 on a history check? A... Uh, 28. Uh, as an interesting side note, the uh, the cloak, the cape design is very reminiscent of the patterns and design commonly associated with the Shori Empire. 
Oh, that's oh. curious. Maybe they tried to infiltrate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's rad as heck. Oh, that's that really cool. That is super rad. Okay, so Hollis is going to cast Mage Hand. Is it less than five pounds? And can I pick it up with my It is hand? less than five pounds. However, Mage Hand specifically states that it only works on non-magical items. Ah, oh, dang. Darn. Shin me in, coach. Also, can I have a cape that lets me disappear in a puff of smoke? It'd be amazing. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. <laughs> that does sound very dangerous. <laughs> Narmer can I promise fly to in. only use it to annoy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nar- <laughs> Narmer will fly in and get the cloak. Narmer flutters his way in, zoops forward. Pardon me, shush me, pardon me. Just kind of, at first, sort of like gently pulls the cape and then just does one big yank as the bones <laughs> just kind of tumble down to the ground and then flies his way back. So are we giving this to Narmer? Um, <laughs> I feel like that's such a Hollis's bad dead idea. Body. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know who has a, who doesn't have a cloak of resistance because it does take up your cloak's slot. I, I have, have a, cloak a cloak of, of resistance, resistance, but I... Resistance. Ah, then I'll just not have a cloak of resistance because I cast Dimension Door so many times a day that having another one feels really. Uh, nice. It's. I think this is Dimension Door. You only though, right? Or is it as the spell? No, it, it basically just lets you do Dimension Door. I imagine it's an be extra able to take... Dimension Door, which is rad. What's yeah. the caster level? Caster level's tenth. Hmm. So you take a couple people with you. Yep. Or three levels, so you plus three. Hey. Hey, that's everybody. That's, that's yeah, everybody. That's... Pretty much. Not well, if we keep not anymore. Sarah. Yeah, not Okay, not fine. If we but if we're going down in flames but... and we're dying, then I'm going to feel sad for her, but. Well, we could always have Citra go into the earth and tunnel out. Yeah, there's yeah, possibly a say. pertinent <laughs> side note. I'm pretty sure Hollis is aware that Jasura can dimension door at will. Oh, yeah. That's right. I did know hey. that. Does she know that? Yeah. <laughs> I told her not to. Yeah. Oh, you did warn her not to. Oh, that's that is true. true. You did warn her. Yeah. Well, and she knows what she turned into because that was one of the first yeah, things she, she said is that it worked. So yeah. she, she intentionally turned into one of these things. Yeah. But I'm just saying that she's been in that box for a real long time. Maybe she forgot what it does. I mean, the Prika did <laughs> is basically like the Edgar Allan Poe's dream girl. Sexy and sickly. Okay. So, so I'll just toss it in my bag and if I need it, I can pull it out. Okay. Number just looks sad. All right, well, I guess that leaves the uh, the double doors. Yep. I don't see another reason to go into this room. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Well, then Citra, since she already shuffled to the back, will lead the way to the double doors at the bottom of the quote-unquote X of hallways. Very well. Opposite the uh, enucleation trap hallway. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Super fun. You gather together. Just sure it makes her way back to the back. Watches warily ahead, tests her bow. Although it's a magical bow, so it's good. <laughs> Hollis keeps an eye on her. With this bow pointed at her behind her back. Doesn't love that. Yep. I mean, you could always pull up the rear and have her in front of you. Mm. Nah, don't want to be separated from the party either. <laughs> you approach the double doors. Look them over. Again, these doors are unmarked other than the fact that they have twin depictions, one facing left, one facing right, the two sides facing one another of the Dark God of the Desert set. All right, well, I guess uh, Sudi will, you know, motion for Citra to do her thing. I shall, as usual, check it for traps. You take a second look over the door. No, looks clear. This door doesn't seem to be locked, so be ready. All right. Citra will open the doors. Sudi will mirror her, and we can do like a haya together. The door opens quietly and smoothly revealing beyond it a 10-foot stretch of hallway, <laughs> leading to a second set of double doors. 
These doors also bear the same symbols as previously of Set. However, there are hieroglyphs that mark the surrounding walls. Approaching, making your way forward, as I assume that you do. Yes. Mm -hmm. The doors here, again, are covered in that simple display. The surrounding walls, however, are covered in this hieroglyphic, not quite story, but it speaks of a powerful genie named Agasberry, the Black Jean. Oh, no. There's oh, another. so there, there is, is an evil here. genie in here. Oh, boy. Agasberry seems to have, judging by the, the depictions on here, seems to have been summoned and bound by the inescapable will and power of the living god Hakatep. Uh, mm. There's very little here other than that on the on the right-hand side. On the left-hand side is a rather sad tale. We've already had one sad tale this, uh, this mini dungeon. We've hit our quota. <laughs> this tale depicts four figures, four warriors. You can't tell whether or not they're brothers in the, again, translating it, it can be difficult to tell whether or not this is brother in the sworn brother sort of way or biological siblings. The four, however, seem to have been skilled warriors trained under a masterful swordsman. Well, masterful warrior, an X-Men, more accurately. The warrior Tefnaju. Oh. 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 Hmm. Judging by the story, the four warriors learned of Tefnaju's imprisonment and traveled to confront Hakatep. The four were summarily defeated, and then apparently their energies, their powers, were corrupted by the Black Jean, who aided him in battle, what? cursing them for eternity to serve as guardians to his treasure. Okay, we have to help our boy Tefnaju's boys. Goodness. All right. Well, this guy's bad. That's There's a cool. single set of double doors making their way forward. What do we know about John's? Johnny's. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know about Johnny's? I think it's just Johnny, by the way. I don't think, I think that's the plural. Uh, you may, if you wish, make a check pertaining towards the black Johnny. Oh, I rolled on that one for a 25 planes. Mm. We have no, we have no idea. Uh, 25 planes, you are familiar with them. Mm. They are thought by many, even amongst the John, to be myths and dark legends. The Black Johnny are an accursed and forgotten tribe of genies, bearers of ill will and bringers of destruction upon both mortals and their own kind. They are hateful creatures which are possessed by madness and a drive to call down ruin upon any who would intrude upon their desolate sanctums. The few Black Johnny encountered on the material plane are thought of as terrors of the deep desert, arriving in sudden standstorms, brilliant with electrical fury and disappearing just as quickly to leave behind no trace of lost comrades or merely leaving corpses charred and glazed in molten glass. Sandstorm. Largely, Fun. Black Johnny are creatures of myth and legend, but a handful of mortals know the terrible truth, which few live long enough to tell. Although typically surrounded by a cloud of dust, the Black Johnny appear more fiendish than other genies. A cursed creature, they do not constitute a true race of Jean, but rather are bloodlines so corrupt as to no longer be considered part of this proud race. Oh. Dang. That's wonderful. I mean, we've seen some walking around snow or snowstorms, sandstorms outside. Is he trapped here or can he move about freely? Well, we don't. I don't think we'll we'll know right here. Hmm. And it burned as Agazuberry. Jesus, that name. Agazuberry. I'm just hearing gooseberry, so. Zookberry. Yeah, Agazuberry. Agazuberry, yeah. Uh, Agazuberry is a woman. Oh, okay. Then she could be roaming or she could be in here, and we may fight her or we may fight four little sad, corrupted yeah, guys. Yeah, because if Hakatep both. bound her, 
I mean, who knows what the conditions could be. Mm-hmm. Well, Tefna, you said that there were rumors of a Black Jean being in here, which makes me think that she's probably confined to this place because... Mm-hmm. She probably has the key. Yeah, it's one of those, if she could move about freely, you think he would know about her like he true. knows about everybody else that moves around. Yeah, true, Yeah, true. good point. And he All would right. have seen this sandstorm before and been like, oh yeah, that's a Gazuberry. Mm-hmm. Avoid. I have a dismissal. That's what I have. Hopefully it works. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's something. Uh-oh. Sudi, like, like, puts a hand up for everybody to stop. There's two creatures beyond this next door. I don't know anything else, but there's two of them. All right, we're fighting his boys, Tefna Jew's boys. Maybe we should just knock. I, I don't think that would <laughs> I don't would think we want to help. give them a chance to prepare well, any more than they may have already done. I was going to say, they can probably already hear us. There are a few creatures here that would be interested in discussing with you, such as I have. I mean, these are corrupted folk, probably. Citra sighs and then draws one of her kukri as she opens the door. I draw my wand of haste. Stepping forward, you approach the door, reach up a hand. The door, by the way, does have a keystone as the Vault of Incandescence. Well, that's fun. I mean, all right. Is it going to have light inside? Well, if it doesn't, then we're bringing our light, so is what it is. Fair, fair. I'm hoping it's not one where you bring light into it and everything goes bad, so. Opening the door, I'm not sure exactly what you were anticipating, but beyond it is something that would probably be a surprise to any of you. Hmm. The floor is polished black stone, as are what you can see of the surrounding walls. However, the chamber's walls glitter and shine and writhe with hundreds, if not perhaps a thousand plus beautiful strange glowing scarab beetles Uh that slowly crawl across the surrounding walls giving this this prismatic look of this beautiful almost gem like each one of their small wings spread out around them and shining with the full spectrum of the rainbow okay that's very the room is filled with this soft peaceful hum like this insect thrum although very soft and rhythmic like the breathing of the world opposite of where you've come in stands a pair of massive iron double doors strangely with no visible handles locks or hinges built into the far side of the room you only have a moment to take this in before you notice the four figures oh four of them great two of them close enough for sudi to sense two of them standing on the far side of the room Ah. Each of these figures are tragic creatures. What looked to have been once Shaitan much akin to Tefnishu, although not one of the great Shaitan such as he is, the noble Shaitan. Each one of these beings are ragged creatures with decayed skin drawn taunt over corded muscles and bony limbs. Their stone-like flesh cracked and weathered as if over great time, almost looking like crumbling stone. Its lower jaw are oversized and lined with jagged, blood-stained teeth. Its hands end in black, viciously curled claws. And strangely, its legs seem to have malformed or mutated into these almost with something that almost looks more akin to hooves than feet. The stench of the grave is overpowering as these creatures turn, and there's this grinding sound like stone on stone as their vacant, empty eyes stare over towards you. And I'll need initiative from the party. 
Um, Are these things all right. dead? Oh, I'm ready. Who knows? We'll have to make an all check. All right. Let's cue up a little combat music. Sirenscape, uh, incandescent death. <laughs> Can we just call the episode that? I like that. The one with incandescent death. <laughs> incandescent death. Sure, why not? <laughs> cool. All right. As long as it's not our death. Nah. Let's do some initiative here. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolled a nat 20 for a 27. There you nice. go. Nice. Uh, Sudi gets a 15 for an 18. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a 12 for a 15. Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a 17 for a 23. Jasura rolls an 8 for a 14. Mm. Round one of combat begins. You're generally speaking aware that they were there. They were already aware that you were there. There will be no surprise attack round. Mm. Hollis Starkweather, you have first initiative. Okay, can I start by knowing what these things might be? You may make a knowledge religion if you so wish. Okay. Hollis rolls a 19 for a 43 knowledge religion. You are aware of what these are. Mm. Oh. And technically, there are a couple of steps to what you're aware of what these are. Oh, no. You are aware, first off, that these at one point were Shaitan genies. Mm-hmm. They are no longer. No. Sort of. These are creatures referred to as ghouls. G-H-U-L. No O. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Sometimes a Johnny dies in a state of disfavor with fate. As a parting curse from their race's age-old enemy, the Lord of the Divs, such an ill-favored genie may come back from the dead as a ghoul. A ghoul, G-H-O-U-L version, of a genie. Ah, Still called okay. ghoul, but no O. Oh, so it's like a template. Ghouls are easily recognized as inhuman by their uh, donkey-like hooves, uh, which shame them greatly. Most ghouls take great pains to hide their hooves from view. Uh, you are aware that ghouls feed upon carrion, much as a lesser as the lesser ghoulish kin, but prefer the fresh blood of mortals, especially children. They haunt desolate cemeteries and necropoli, necropolises, feeding upon the interred as well as any mourners and gravediggers that they catch. Yikes. They despise the light of the sun, although it does not actually harm them. So such locations are usually safe during the day, although there are no guarantees that a hungry ghoul might not brave the dreaded light to obtain a tasty-looking morsel. Mm. However, these aren't just ghouls. Oh, no. This is a variant of a ghoul known as a great ghoul. Oh, great. Great ghoul. Jinn, Afrit, Merids, and Shaitans may rise as great ghouls, although this is much rarer with Jean. Jean almost always rises as regular ghouls. Stripped of most of their elemental powers, they hate themselves and all living things seeking solace in murdering and corrupting mortals. Mm. Great ghouls like to follow passers-by invisibly before revealing themselves in suitably isolated locations. If they find potential victim particularly interesting, they may engage them in battle of wits or some challenge in order to spare them their lives. However, a common challenge is to provide the ghoul with a certain number of fresh corpses, etc., etc., within a certain number of nights. So definitely not um, doing that. Yep. <laughs> no, no. Yep. Yep. Sometimes a great ghoul will take the form of a beautiful maiden or cherubic child in order to tempt a foolish mortal into corruption and murder. Hmm. Great. Just great. On the plus side, they didn't try any of that with us. Nope. They're here to kill you. Yep. You may ask four questions pertaining towards the great ghoul. Okay. Let's start with some special defenses. Uh, Classic. Uh, First off, they are undead. As such, they are immune to death effects, disease, mind-affecting effects, charms, compulsions, morale effects, phantasms, and patterns, paralysis, poison, sleep, stun, and any effect that requires a fortitude save that does not also affect objects. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, they do have a resistance to fire, 
and damage reduction. Although knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. What overcomes their damage reduction? Their damage reduction can only be overcome by weapons that are both cold, iron, and good aligned. Mm. Oh, yeah. let me go check and see if my fist count is that. Um, Your do fist they have count any... is holy? <laughs> <laughs> do they have any special attacks? Special attacks? They have a couple. Uh, first off, they have a spell -like ability. Since it is their only one, I'll give it to you. Thrice per day, they can use greater invisibility. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Mm. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to that, their uh, claws cause bleed damage. Mm. <laughs> ah. Great. Their claws are also cursed. That's not so fine. Oh, is it interesting? It's kind of interesting. They have cursed claws, although the curse of their claws is that they count as both good cold iron and magic for the purpose of bypassing damage reduction. Oh, okay. So okay. you're fine. Not so great for Jashura, who might have been banking on her damage reduction. Ah. They also possess, um, in the case of these specific ones, since they are descended down, each type of genie creates a different type of great ghoul. Okay. So in this case, you're looking at the Shaitan ones. Uh, they can also create spawn, where any humanoid slain by great ghoul becomes a ghoul with an O. On the next moonrise, a Johnny mm. slain becomes a ghoul with no O, and a more powerful genie becomes a great ghoul with no O. Destroying the body or blessing it prevents this reanimation. Blessing it does require a full uh, dose of holy water. Um, okay, and then I guess lastly, let's oh, go with sorry. like... He oh, still has wow. more things. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. There's a lot of things. Oh, Cyrus. As a shaitan, their claws are particularly powerful, and as such, they actually gained rend if they hit oh, with both claw attacks oh, doing additional rend. damage. Lastly, and probably very disturbing, uh, they do also have the ability Warp Metal. As a standard action, a great ghoul may warp and deform any one metal object within 20 feet. Oh. Uh, the object has to make a fortitude save or become warped. Uh, armor and shield lose half of their bonuses to AC. The enhancement bonus is unaffected. And weapons are rendered useless except for as improvised clubs once they have been warped. Wow. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, other objects such as doors are rendered useless for their, uh, for their function. The transformation only lasts for one minute, at which point the affected med metal reverts back to its normal state. Okay. That's still enough to take your weapon out of the fight. Yeah, it can do this an unlimited number of times per day. Wow. Great. Well, I mean, I'm going to use my fist, but bad for Citra. Yeah. And anything else? Uh, no, special that, qualities. That looks like that's enough. There. How about special qualities? Do they have any? Special qualities. So first off, they have chain shape. They can transform into a humanoid or a hyena. Huh. As an interesting side note, they do not detect as undead while in these forms. Weird. Mm. They are also genie kin which means that for all mechanical purposes, such as a ranger's favorite enemy, a great ghoul is still considered a genie, even though its subtype is undead. That's or even though its type is undead. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, finally, I'll go ahead and give it to you that the uh, great ghouls do gain improved initiative and toughness as bonus feats. Wow. All right, so extra hardy. Okay, that well. That is what uh, you know. Hollis uh, tells you all that stuff, because that was a lot. I'm not going to summarize it again. Um... And then uh, she'll wave her wand of haste and cast haste on the party. All right. Everyone gets a little haste. All right. I'm haste done. is good. Haste <laughs> is very good. Be careful, y'all, with metal. I'm covered in metal. Also, they'll go invisible on you, so if you got that glitter dust scroll, that'd be great, or else, uh, I mean, I have the invisibility on, but uh, that only helps me. Uh, well, I have two scrolls of sea invisibility. Hmm. I do not have one of glitter dust. I think you used it previously. Yeah, and I don't have any second level Citra slots available. Citra Nahamra. So. Question is, do I automatically jump in or do I take a moment to get a scroll? I mean, I'm going to get right in there, but 
kind well, of my thing. I don't have options. I know, but you have tremor sense. <laughs> I don't. And if oh, I, good point. I also have tremor sense, so there's if that. If they go invisible, I can't do anything to them. Citronohamra is going to reach into her handy haversack, pull out a scroll of sea invisibility, and cast said scroll. All right. I do believe you'll need to use magic device for that. I start with an 18, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I rolled a 19, <laughs> so if a... If a if a thirty seven doesn't pass the use magic device for this scroll, I think I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you're good. Like a pro. Like Hollis taught you. And that is my turn, I believe. Woo! So yeah, you retrieve the scroll, chant through it, uh, blast it off. That brings us to the ghouls. Uh oh. They each turn, bear their claws, <laughs> flicker, and disappear. <laughs> wait, Great. Wait, I can see invisibility. Yes, you can still see them, although currently, and I believe Hollis has seen invisibility to cast, correct? Yeah, I cast that pretty much at the start of diving into scary things. That was a good call on my part then. Yeah, see invisibility <laughs> scroll. I'm glad I knew that about them because that's so frustrating. And it's greater, so it doesn't go away when it when they attack. Taking us from there to Sudikantar. You are aware that um, they have moved closer to you. Okay. Um, as such, like, if you took a five-foot step forward, you're aware that one is five feet away from you and off towards your left-hand side. Oh, my gosh. Okay. There's a um, second one that is five feet away from you off to your right-hand side. The third and fourth have also moved into your timber sense range, and you believe are about five feet beyond them. Uh, so there's not room for me to actually get through there and get big without... Uh, if you took a five-foot to... step forward and enlarged yourself, you would have okay, enough room okay. to enlarge. Um... Okay, all right, we're gonna do it this way then. Um, I'm gonna take a five foot step forward, switch into pummeling style and uh, attack the one that's uh, next to, to me now. Yeah, so off to my left. Girl, you step in. All right, so 50% miss chance. Uh, I did a five foot step so I can flurry of blows uh, and I'm hasted, yeah. so let's just <laughs> try to beat the numbers. Get him. All right. All right, first one, I get a 94 to get through the miss chance and uh, let's see, a 30 to hit them. A 30 will strike your target. Hey. All right. So that's 2d6 plus 10. That is 17 points of damage on the first hit. There you go. Oh, yeah. A solid hit. Although, again, you're feeling a great deal of resistance, although your fist does impact something. So, hey, that's something. Ah. <laughs> I roll a two on the mischance and uh, completely miss it. Ah. Okay. Again, it's ducking and weaving, so you're just like, I can feel where its hooves are landing, but I can't otherwise stupid, tell where it is. Yeah, so that's body. A, that's a 26 on the third attack. Unfortunately, we'll miss. That's an eight on the miss chance. Ow. Unfortunately, we'll miss. Hilariously low for the fourth attack and my haste attack. So that's an 84 to get through the miss chance. Thank goodness. Uh, so I roll a 19 for a 42. Hey, there you guy. go. 42 will hit. All right. Yay. And I hit him for 21 points of damage. A solid hit. Yay. All of that getting through. Hey, that's something at least. Because again, you feel your fist slamming into something. It's bizarre because it almost feels like you're hitting just this like rotting meat encased in like gravel Ew. and stone. That is. Ew, that Ew. imagery. Ew. That, no, that's bad. Ew, David. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically my reaction. <laughs> Agreed. From Sudi Kantar, we go to Masika of the Beckon. All right. Um, Sudi, where are they? Sudi calls out their approximate locations, basically being like, there's one right here to my left, one right here to my right, there's one right here to my left and right, but forward five feet. Okay, where is there a place that I could stand that I can not hit Sudi and try to get these things in a cone of cold from where he pointed these out to me? I know, basically. 
<laughs> no, no, there isn't. Um, You're gonna have to just blast me and hope I. You save. could do half. You could do half or half. You could either five foot step to where Sudi was and get the the left hand side of the room, or move past Citra into the room and get the right hand side of the room. But there's no way that you could, assuming that Sudi's saying that they fanned out on left and mm-hmm. right, not without hitting Citra and Sudi, basically. Even if you step forward, you don't think you could hit all of them where Sudi's kind of going. They're in there without all hitting right. someone. So I'll step, t- Masika will take a five foot step up behind Sudi and I'll guess I'll get the half of the room that he's not standing in because <laughs> I, I really don't want to blast yeah. Sudi. All right. That'll be the time I roll a natural one on my reflex save for sure. Yes. So we go ahead and get some reflex saves from them. Uh, DC is 23. Uh, natural one for one of them, perfect 20 for the other. No. Yep. Okay, I haven't done that in a while. Yep. So Masika slides forward, calls upon her divine powers, extends a hand, a blast of frigid air sears past that she just kind of points her arm, like almost her elbow basically to Sudi's back before she blasts over his shoulder to just try to cup one side of the room. Dice going click clack. Um, I do 57 points of damage. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That's the way. So, and then half of that would be 28. And go ahead and roll me percentile. Mm. That's unusual. 65. Okay. Yep. You step forward, cup a hand out, blast basically encase half of the room in this rhyme of ice. You don't know exactly what you did to either of them or whether or not you've injured them. There's this blast of cold over one side of the room. Curiously, the beetles seem to be in no way affected by this. Ah, so they're illusory. As they just continue to crawl along as if nothing had happened over the now frozen walls. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that answers that. You didn't awaken the swarm. That's the the end of my turn. Very well. I hope I did something. They look hurt. They look more frigid. Their, their skin is cracking a little bit more. I feel bad for these guys. Like, no, that's why it's like we got to put them out of their misery because this is awful. They're just trying to save their dude. Mm-hmm. That brings us to Jashura. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to help. That's not going to help. She has to see them for that to help. <laughs> ah, the age old problem. Got to see them to kill them. Yep, she's going to take a five foot slide to the side. Uh, level. Just kind of, you know, taking a deep breath of weight as Sudi, like, punches forward again before beginning to fire arrows streaming over Sudi's shoulder. Cool. Uh, so go ahead and arcane strike with those. Cool. She won't deadly aim because she's not positive of uh, where they're at, but she does have point blank shot, precise shot, and rapid shot, so she'll go ahead and go full out. Nice. All right. I'll roll to see which one of these will hit their AC, and then I'll roll to see which one of these will actually hit them. So she starts with a 10 for a 35. Seven for a 33. Jeez. Sorry, 32. Follows that up with a 36. Follows that up with a 33. And follows that up with a 15. Hmm. So it's four potential hits. Nice. First one hits, second one misses. Third one hits. Fourth one hits, so three total hits. Nice. Nice. Wow. Her arrows, however, are regular old arrows. Mm. That part's unfortunate, but you said she was arcane striking. Does that give any damage to it? Yeah, the arcane strikes an extra two points of damage. And then each of her arrows are also cold arrows because it's imbued with her arcane archeriness. Mm. Oh, that makes that easy. So she's doing a D8 plus a D6 cold plus 10. So just drop that 10 off of that. So she's getting whatever she rolls. 
So seven for the first, six for the second, for 13, followed that by nine for a total of 22 points of damage after the damage reduction. Would have been 52 otherwise. True. Hey, I mean, that's times. still damage. Yep, but still a trio of arrows does manage to like hit sticking into thin air as it hovers in front of Sudi. This is going to prove to be annoying. That's been most of these plays in general. <laughs> Sudi mentally goes in and sees, do we have any extra arrows? Yes, we do. So... <laughs> I was going to say, I have 26 on me, so if she really needs them, she can grab them from me. Like, the fourth entry down is just 80 arrows, so we've got oh, plenty of arrows, yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. That brings us around to the top of the initiative, Hollis Starkweather. Okay. Um, so, Hollis can see these guys. Are there any of them that are in a, a line of any sort? Um, I would like to cast my lightning arc on them. Let me go ahead and just do this as the honor system. Jordan, Heather, go ahead and close your eyes real quick for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you can see those. Okay, so I can get like. Uh, okay, then I'm gonna do. Yeah, okay, so you guys are good. Okay. <laughs> Hollis looks uh looks over, sees that there are two kind of, um, in a vertical row, um, in the half of the room she can see. And uh, she will cast lightning arc, hitting both of them. All right. And everything in between, but there's nothing in between. They get reflex saves. Are you targeting the uh, the left or right-hand side of the room? The side of the room that Masika hit or the other side? I can only see the left side of the room. Okay. So you can only see the the two that Masika already blasted. Yes. So those are the two. They, um, they do get reflex saves. Okay. Looks like the first one is rolling in with a 24. The second one is rolling in with a 21. Uh, the 24 passes, the 21 fails. Okay. I'm going to get some temporary hit points for this evocation spell. going to be 14d6. The blast of lightning arcs across the far side of the room. The thick smell of ozone permeating the, uh, temporarily cutting through the overwhelming stench of decay in this chamber. A Here brilliant we go. flash off to the side. The beetles in no way react. Good. Uh, 54 points of electricity to them. Nice. Half to the one that's saved. A solid blow as the two rock back under the impact of the uh, the second blast of magic as they're still reeling from the cone of cold that hit them a second before. All right, I zapped them. They're still standing, though. You have a move action remaining. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So far, Sudi, the only one to step into the chamber. <laughs> well, Sudi, the bravest and or stupidest of the bunch. We're going to find out. doesn't want to be hit by these things. That brings us to Citra Nahamra. The problem is, is I think the four places that you are no places I can actually get into the flank at the moment, correct? Correct. The current problem is, with their backs to the wall and with the curvature of this room, as this room is a very strangely shaped kind of like, it starts out 10 feet wide and then it widens to 20 feet wide and then it widens to 30 feet wide and then it contracts again to 20 feet wide on the far side of the chamber. As far as Citra is aware, the one closest to Sudi, there's no way that she can get into the flank with him. Yep. Uh, which is the one that you're punching off towards your left-hand side. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Finish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let it be known that she uh, she did the, uh, the <laughs> you can't see me, the rock. Ah, John Cena. Sorry, John, Cena. John, sorry, John Cena, you're right. <laughs> How dare. I knew, I knew that. I just said the wrong thing. <laughs> but it was literally like the you can't see me. <laughs> for <Vin. laughs> I figured I figured Heather would appreciate that. <laughs> there was not a single laugh from Heather. I was disappointed. <laughs> She's shaking her head at me like I'm a dork. 
<laughs> that was like the only wrestling uh, thing I know. Very well, so Citra vanishes. So yes, uh, Citra will vanish and then move forward toward one. I don't remember where they are. <laughs> I'm sure Citra probably bad. does because you can literally see them right now. <laughs> Which one are you going left or right? I'll go right since, well, I will go the same direction as Sudi, so I will go uh, Sudi's left on screen my right. <laughs> do you want to say anything to Masika? I can get out of the way. Do what you need to do. I, I'm not going to hit you. Well, I don't think you're going to know where she well, is. Well, then <laughs> she vanishes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I Okay. You know, I'm going left. Stick to the blast the right side of the room or oh, something yeah. like that. But I don't want them to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it helps, more likely than not, considering the common tongue did not exist when they were encapsulated down here. They probably <laughs> don't know common, so yeah. Fine. I'm going left. Vanish. All right. Mm. No, the they don't try to kill is... you, so you don't think that they can see you. Ah, that was the real question. All right. So Citra rushes forward, sneaking ahead. That brings us to them. Uh, go ahead and have uh, Citra make me a stealth check. Don't forget your plus 20 bonus for being invisible. <laughs> Stealthy, stealthy. How perceptive are you guys? Eh, probably not enough for this. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm rolling real well today, so I hope they can't see me. I rolled a, <laughs> I rolled an 18, which got me a okay. 61. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Holy crap, Rachel. So, All right. Yeah. I got plus are... 20 for the being invisible and I have a 23. You are the envy of all cats. And then I rolled an 18. <laughs> Goodness. Well, unfortunately, even rolling a perfect 20, they can't manage that. So. <laughs> Take that, ghouls. Suck it. Shit, just Greater out there ghouls. doing all of her John Cena motions. Yep. She's right, camouflaged. So <laughs> that brings us to the ghouls. The first one. Actually, the first one will wait. Those first two will wait. I don't like that. Citra's did gone. Did get big or no? No, I did not. Mm. I, I can't see them, so I don't know where I could like get big in. Plus, I only have one of those left, and I'm kind of saving it for the Black Johnny. Ah. All right. So, Citra, yeah. uh, real quick, what is your weapon? My kukri. Correct. Like, what is what is the magic on your weapon? Uh, It's a plus two uh, lightning enchanted. Plus two shocking? Sure. I think lightning enchanted sounded more fun. <laughs> but shocking is more accurate. I know. All right, so uh, Rachel, go ahead and make me a note on your uh, your kukri that it is plus. It is a caster level eight item. Masika, what is the magic on your armor? Oh, I know what they're doing. It's celestial armor, so it has the fly stuff on it, and I think it's what mithril breastplate plus like four or something. Let me. Celestial is caster level five, which means that actually your plus four modifier on that is now higher than the caster level five. So that means the caster level for your armor is 12. Okay. I don't like where you're going with this. I don't knew like exactly it. where we're going with this. All right. So, Masika, go ahead and make a fortitude save for your armor. If it is caster level of 12, it means it has a plus 8 fortitude or your fortitude, whichever is higher, since you are wearing it. Those are the same. All right. So go ahead and make me a uh, plus 8 fortitude save. I roll a 16 for a 24. Very well. So you do feel your armor constrict against your body as it begins to warp underneath the, uh, uh -huh. whatever the power of these things are. I got the metal wiggles. 
do Let's not like. Look at one. Can't see Citra any longer. Although Masika's armor did not warp, so we'll go ahead and get Masika and make me another fortitude save. Halls and Sudi are like, I'm glad I don't wear armor. I know, right? <laughs> I roll a 12 for a 20. Yeah, it's hanging in there. The next one of the uh, the four greater ghouls will go ahead and step forward. Uh, Sudi, you can feel a vibration immediately off towards your right-hand side as it begins to close on your uh, flank. Oh. However, like, while Masika, you can just kind of see Sudi's right ear pivot as if he's somehow, like, tracking something off towards his right-hand side. Uh, you are unaware as the thing full-out attacks you. Oh, Alice no. and Citra can yep. see this. Yep. It's next to me. I hate it. It's horrible. You did just kind of cold him in the face. Yeah, but he deserved it. <laughs> That's not how disagrees. he's thinking. I will point out that he is the hero of his own story. Rude. Uh, he will go ahead and full out attack. Yep. You are flat-footed. Okay. So he's going to start that off with a, I don't think the flat-footed is necessary for this, 36. Yeah, that'll hit. So, and he'll go ahead and claw twice. All right. That is a 29 and a 30. No, my flat-footed AC is a 31. There nice. you go. You do, however, feel his teeth sink into your shoulder. Ow. Rude. That is for 13 points of damage. The next one full out attacks Sudi. Okay, there it is. I believe you're also flat-footed since you can, you're aware of where they are, but you can't see them. Yeah, my AC is significantly lower than hers though. <laughs> We're gonna start that off with a 31. That's a hit. Gonna follow that up with a 34. That's a hit. We're gonna follow that up with a 35. Where were these whenever I was attacking Wow, Masika? yep, that was all hit. Time to feel the pain. All right, so you take 13 points of damage for the first hit. Okay. 10 and 11 points of damage from the next two hits. 14 points of damage from the rend. Jesus. Ooh. One second, one second. Um... <laughs> and you're bleeding. Well, not for long because you immediately <laughs> stop bleeding, but. I like the fact that they look and then the blood is just like, it kind of does that thing where it like oozes out and then dries like it's sap in a tree. Yep, so they tear in you. You are uh, immune to their bleed damage. So if we go from there. Uh, Citra, one of them is attempting to uh, move past you. Do you wish to take the attack of opportunity? Sure. Ooh. It depends on if you want to move because as soon as you hit someone, it's going to go away at the vanish. Yeah, but I might be able to... Well, I guess I'm, I won't be able to stop them from moving by, will I? No. Unless you have standstill. That'd be cool. Well, this one is already cast, so he's not making an attack. I guess I'll go ahead and attack then. Okay. Okay. So this one starts to move past you, unaware that you're even there as you stab out at him. I rolled a 16, uh, which is a threat for a 35. 35 will hit threat. Roll to confirm. Nice. Don't know if this will confirm, though, but maybe. I rolled an 11 for a 30. A 30 will confirm your critical hit as oh, you sweet. dive in against your flat-footed opponent. Excellent. So many invisible people. <laughs> Sneak it. Yeah. Sneaks attack. Ooh, these guys speak Nacril. Fancy. Good for them. Yeah. Nope, don't speak that. Doesn't help in this situation. All right. Citra does uh, 45 points of regular damage and two points of electricity. Ouch. Fancy. A solid hit. Even with its damage reduction, you still bury your blade into it. As Citra flickers and returns back to visibility. Citra, you notice the one you're running by seems to, like, you know, stop, turn, reconsider moving into the flank, which is basically where it was moving against Sudi. Not that Sudi was even aware of it. And turns to face Citra. Sudi Kantar. Yeah, this thing being invisible thing is uh, is really not good for me. Um, so I guess I'm going to continue attacking the one that I was attacking, which I think is the one that, is that the one that attacked uh, Masika? So basically, 
Like, how did they all shuffle? From where you are right now, there is one, assuming you know, Sudi is facing towards Citra, there's one ahead to your left, there's one ahead to your right, there's one immediately to your right, and there is one five feet beyond the one to your left ahead to your left. So basically, there's one immediately to Citra's right as she's turned to face you. They are oh. all over you right now. Goodness. Um, gosh, golly. All right, I'm going to attack the one that uh, I guess is on my <laughs> left. The one that you're punching previously? Yep, and uh, just go for that. Here we go. Full out attack. There's a lot of theater of the imagination in this one because it's just like, nope, there's just an empty empty field. I see nothing. These D10s are fired. Oh, oh hey, hey, I have Dispelling Strike. All right, I'll let Dispelling you go back. Strike. I haven't used it in forever, it so. Do it! Because <laughs> I haven't had a chance to. Dispelling Strike. Okay, hold on. Citra just needs to hit now. all of them to make them visible. Well, she's got to sneak attack them specifically. Mm. Maybe? I rolled a 15 for a 29. That's got to work. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Right? Right? He flickers back to visibility as you stab your blade into his side. All right, my plan is different now. I don't love my plan, but it's a new plan and it's different. Oh, again, turning to look at Citra, having this like this momentary confusion and then looking down at himself like, oh, (laughs) huh. Oh, that that does change my calculus. All right. So do I want to go for the one I'm relatively certain I can hit and do more damage to? Yes. Oh, but it means leaving like Masika vulnerable, which is... Not yeah, good. get big and block the door. <laughs> I can't. There's one of them that's like in that doorway, I think. Oh, shoot. Uh, there's, I think, right next to you, yeah. Yeah, like literally yeah. right next to me that I was going to hit. Um, okay, we need to get these guys down as fast as possible. So Sudi's going to take a five-foot step uh, forward up next to Citra, target the one that is actually visible, and uh, full-out attack. I was going to say, maybe try to punch the one next to them, and I'll just try to move my way through and... <laughs> and stab at them all. <laughs> You have to sneak them, and you can't sneak them. The oh, other problem yeah. is, is also Sudi's basically, you know, there's a 50% chance that he's throwing away his attacks every single time that he that, attacks. That's really my them. issue. Then, yeah, you so. might need to just step up. and. Well, I mean, if you if you move oh, uh, close to the wall, then... No, there, they, there's basically one right here, one right here, I think, or one right here. Well, Citra can see them. There's one in each one of those ones that you just picked. Yes, exactly. Oh, so, okay. like, I'll be, I'll be not just one flanked, but two flanked. <laughs> Yeah, maybe stay. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Worry about Invisibility. Oh, geez. Um, it doesn't matter if you're flanked right now because they're invisible and they'd be getting that bonus regardless. Yeah. For flat footed, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just they're also getting a plus two on top of that for the flank. So. Mm. All right, I'm going to stay where I am. I'm going to attack this one um, that is right next to me that's threatening Masika because that seems more what Sudi would do. Okay. Uh, okay, so um, rolling. So you're turning to the one that's threatening Masika. Uh, yeah, so the one in. Okay, that's so not the I've one that punching. you attacked last turn. Got it. I can't keep track of who's who anymore. Yeah, so. they're all in well, you're so a, who knows? Yeah. You were attacking one off towards your left previously. Oh, okay. So but I was you can still sense he has not moved. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go after the one that's going after Masika because that's in line with Sudi being a protector type person. Um, all right. Okay, so that is a 57 on the mischance. I roll a 10 for a 33 to hit him. 33 will strike your target. Yay. 15 points of damage to him. All right. A 79 to get through the mischance. That is a 17 for a 40. A 40 will strike your target. For 15 points of damage. Another solid hit. All of that getting through this time. 86 to get through the mischance for my third attack. 
That'll get through mischance. Okay, that is a 17, uh, which is a math 35. 35. Yep. Yeah. You rolled the same thing last time, so it's like five less. Yeah. Cool. So 35. 35 will strike your target. That is uh, 16 points of damage. Another solid hit as you continue to hammer away. Let's see if you can get four. Uh, that's a 21 on the mischance, so that's going to be a miss. And then my haste attack. Haste comes up. A 57. 57. To get through the mischance. And then I have rolled a 12, which is a 35. 35 will strike your target, though. For 17 points of damage. Another solid blow. So that, Citra that, and that Hull, was actually really tell, good for Sudi. I was going to say, Citra and Hollis, you can tell that this thing is wavering. As Sudi begins to pummel it, hitting it over and over and over again. Stop hitting my friends. Stop hitting my friends. Punch, punch, punch. From Sudi, we go to Masika of the Beckon. You mind scooting over a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> you mind scooting? <laughs> Excuse me, friend. Masika's like, something just right. bit me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to cast a second level spell on the defensive. All right. Second level spell, cast on the defensive, DC 19. Yeah, I I, I roll a 10. I make that a lot. <laughs> okay. So I know basically that where the one that bit me is in general, correct? You're aware that it's to the right of Sudi, ahead and to the right of you. So I just have to make a 50% mischance roll? If you're going to try to if touch it, it with attack something. Roll. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not a touch attack. It's just a close spell, but I'm assuming... What's the spell? Necrostasis. Never heard of necrostasis. Um, close. Yeah, its target is one creature. Okay. So you have, if Masika takes a five foot step to the side, she could see the one facing Citra. Quote unquote C. Oh yeah, yeah. the other one. Yeah, cause I, I just spelled. Yeah, the All right, I'm still gonna cast on the defensive. So I roll a 10, which like 14 plus my caster levels, 28 plus my, yeah, I pass it, way pass it. So it 38? needs to make, yes, it needs to make a will save. All right, will save. You guys are decent at these. Mm. It's only a second level spell. It's a 20 even. No, oh, it passes by one. Dang it. Boo. Is it a save or suck or? Yep. All right. Yep. It would have staggered it for 14 rounds. Oh, geez. Oh, that'd be nice. Dang. <laughs> that'd be real nice. And for the duration of the spell, dark wisps of energy seep out of the target creature, so being invisible wouldn't have freaking helped it anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, it would still have been the 50% mischance, but you'd be able to pin what square it's in. Yeah. So, all right, that's the end of my turn. All right, so Masika tries a new cool spell. Unfortunately, I guess you need to heighten that or something. I can't. Well, first I mean, edition. if you had the heightened metamagic feet, I don't, yes. oh, yeah, <laughs> no. No, not second edition heightened, first edition heightened. Stupid reusing words. From Masika, we go to Jasura. Well, she can see that one now. She should shoot that one. Yeah, because so many of her abilities, so many of her spells require that she be able to see things. Well, she could see one. Yeah. So I mean, she could fireball, but not without hitting half of the group. And I think you the resistance been pretty fire. nice to her so far. We try. So, and Contagion's not going to do anything to these. Nope, they're nope. undead. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> do a lot to Contagion's probably just occur in them. All right. So she'll follow Masika's lead. Well, as soon as she just identified what Masika cast, and actually her spellcraft is 23, so definitely. Then they obviously made that will save. You know what? She's just going to full out attack. She's hasted. She might as well. So she'll go ahead and uh, haste attack, full out attack, rapid shot. All that goodness. Shoot six arrows into the sink. No mischance now. Actually, since she doesn't have a mischance, and she was hitting it pretty well even with the mischance, I think she'll go ahead and kick in her deadly aim. Nice. So at her level, deadly aim is a minus. What is your base attack, lady? Your base attack is 16. 
So that's minus five. But for plus 10 damage, which basically will get through the damage reduction. So she'll go for it. So yeah, she'll go ahead and uh, open fire. She's getting point blank shot and also plus one for um, haste for her to hit. So she'll go ahead and rapid shot, which means that's going to negate the penalty, the bonuses from the plus one and the haste. So much math. That's a 40. That'll hit. Wow. Nice. There you go. 34. That'll hit. That's a 31, which will hit. That's a 22, which will miss. Jesus. That's a 19, which will miss. That's a perfect 20, which will hit threat. There we go. Murder. It's on our lowest attack. However, that is a... Murder. 26 to confirm. Wait for it. Critical focus. That is a 30 to confirm, which will confirm yeah. our critical Ooh, hit. Ooh, yay. Seriously, Masika wants to keep her. <laughs> All right, so that's three regular hits and one critical. So plus, minus, it's going to be 10. And she is using her swift action to go ahead and arcane strike with these. So that's 14 points for the first hit. That is 19 points for the second hit. This is after damage reduction. That is 12 points for the third hit. And then the critical, which is times three. Woo! That's 45 points of total damage from the last hit. Whoa, nice Oh, hit. wait, no, didn't math that correctly. 65, because I only wow. removed the 10 once. So 65 wow. points of damage there for that go. last hit. Wow. As the final arrow buries in this thing's skull and it hits the ground with a wet thought. <laughs> Masika turns around and smiles at her and gives her a thumbs up before returning <laughs> back to the like invisible thing in front of her. Yep. She smiles and gives you a saucy If they were ring. capable of fear, they'd be <laughs> afraid of that. <laughs> God, the sad thing was the 40 points of damage that was negated by that damage reduction, too. Yep. Yep. She is friggin' deadly. Um, from Jasura, we go to Hollis Starkweather. All right. Hollis is going to start by casting Mirror Image on herself. Oh, that's a good idea. Good plan. Good plan. I've been debating that with Jasura this entire time because that's on her spell list, too. I have a spell. It's an amazing spell. It's going to be 12, so four. I rolled a three, so I have seven images. There's just a whole bunch of Hollis eye. Yep, Hollis will then draw her mithril dagger as she steps into the space. All right, Citra, let's flank. Oh, I hope you know what you're doing. Eh, well, I've done dumber things. Hollis steps up next to uh, Masika and Sudi, draws her weapon, kind of pokes it in the direction of the uh, (laughs) the other guy. Scoundrel. (laughs) Oh, my. Scoundrel? I don't know. (laughs) From there we go to Citra Nahamra. All right. I'm assuming I will need to acrobatics to move into the flank. Correct. You're currently okay. threatened by two targets, and you'll need to move into the threat range of a third. Yes, I would like to acrobatics. Because I'm essentially just going to move around and flank with you so we can get rid of all of their invisibility. That's smart. That's um, using your wizard brain. Mm-hmm. I rolled a 16, which gets me a 44. <laughs> wow. All right. Oh, so Sandra. you don't have to move at half speed, so you're not taking a penalty, and you're moving through three threatened ranges to get into position, which means that will succeed. Yay! Oh, nice. Yeah. So Citra is officially in le flank, yep. and I yep. would like you spring around into the flank. Now, but technically, am I flank? Oh, because yes, because she can see it. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I can see it. Flank. That's why I'm, I'm doing this. Why is this working? I got, I got it. The wheels started turning, and I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, and after moving into the flank, I shall attack. All right. 
Not my best roll, but that's okay. Oh, crap. I rolled an 11, which gets me a 30. A 30 will strike your flanked a target. Okay. All right. Oh, that was very nice. Okay. That would be uh, 42 points of regular damage, four points of uh, electricity damage. And then I You're rolled rolling a... for the dispel, he is dead as your blade <laughs> rams into his back. Oh, well. I did beat on him pretty good, and then he's taken, what, a cone of cold and a lightning next arc? Time. And we'll do it the next one. Okay. He <laughs> falls still. <laughs> nice. And I figure she looks at Hoss. Good work! Yeah, I'm going to step here, and I'll kind of point to the space in front of Masika, because I think there's one right next to there that we could then flank. Yep. <laughs> We're just going to do do Yep. And I'm going to do nothing but poke at him a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs> I can't easily get to Masika. That's a good thing. We don't want them at Masika. <laughs> yeah, Masika likes having her high AC and not getting bit. Sudi's a threat. You know what? They're... Sudi, you can feel the one off towards your left slide in front of you. Uh, where you can sense the one ahead and off towards your right, you can tell that they've kind of gone back to back. As mm. one of them full out attack Sudi, the other one full out attack Citra. Okay. All right. Still have 30. Let's start Still with Sudi. Against <laughs> <laughs> your flat foot AC, that's a 32. Yep. Follows that up with a 34. Yep. Follows that up with a 26. That's actually a miss. Hey. Hey. You take 13 points of damage from the first hit and then 11 points of damage from the second. And then they don't get rend. The other one full out attack Citra. You can see them. I can see them. And that's kind of a poor roll to begin with. That's a 27. No. Follows that up with a 32. No. Thank you, Haste. Yeah. Follows that up with a 34. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. One claw got in. That's unfortunate. Still, it does manage to score across your side for 12 points of damage so as the first. vicious hooked claws dig into your side. Two points of damage. All right, so one point of damage you got through, which means you are bleeding now. Oh, shucks. Thank you, Sudikantar. <laughs> All right. Um, I say that hmm. Soneskin's been paying off this dungeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, all right, well, I... I'm going to assume that Citra and Hollis are going to figure out how to do the whole dispelling strike with the one that's next to Citra. So I'll focus on the one that attacked me Okay. in the back-to-back -back, uh, challenge here. And again, Floria blows. See what see what happens. That is a 97 to get through the missed chance on the first attack. Nice. Rolled an 8 for a 31 to hit it. 31 will strike your target. And again, you said the one that stepped in front of you now, correct? Yes. The one yeah. that's attacking you? Yeah. Okay. So that's 20 points of damage. All right. Feeling some resistance there, although you keep hammering, trying to hit the same place. So that's an 80 to get through the mischance. All right. That'll get past your mischance. Ooh, that's a four. So that's only a uh, 27. 27 will strike your target, though. Hey, cool. Hmm. Uh, for 17 points of damage. A solid hit. You continue to hammer home. Third attack is a 50, which is a miss. That is a miss. Fourth attack is a nine, which is a miss, and haste attack. All right. Is a 60. 60 will get through the miss chance. I roll a seven for a 30, which will hit him. 30 will strike your target. For 18 points of damage. You continue to hammer home. Again, you're feeling impacts, although once again, you can't actually see him to see if you're effectively injuring him. 
I'm just glad I have pummeling style. Oh, wait. Actually, wait. Before we finish, actually, I have pummeling bully, which I forgot, which gives me a free um, reposition or trip, so I can try to trip him. Okay. Uh, could you reposition it. him back into the flank here? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Don't do that. Mm, no, I don't think I can reposition him through an ally We don't want square. him there anyway. It's fine. Yeah, I didn't think you did anyway. Um, okay, so let me try combat maneuver. Nope, rolled terribly. So that is a six for a 25. I'm afraid a 25 will not succeed. Yeah, well, it was worth a shot. Yep. From Sudi, we go to Masika of the Beckon. I'm going to channel to heal the party. Okay. Okay. Nice. Sudi's been getting punched. Yeah, a little bit. It'll also stop citrus bleeding, so good call. Yes, that yeah. would be nice. It's also nice. <laughs> call upon your date powers. You hold uh, Narmer up over your head like one of those Chrono Trigger uh, <laughs> Trinity moves where you just spin in a circle and kill everybody. I guess that uh, makes you Marley. Anyway. Uh, no, I don't. No. What? No. Anyway. The princess. Uh, she has water uh, powers. Yeah, but there are better <laughs> characters in that game. Um, I heal everyone for 27. Woohoo. Alrighty. I'm back to full. Plus my temp HP. Anyway. Uh, Magus is obviously the best character in that game. But anyway. I killed him my first playthrough. What anyway. yep. is wrong with you? Anyway, we're, we're not here to talk about Chrono Trigger. This all yep. feels right. Welcome though. to the Find the Path Chrono Trigger <laughs> debate. Sorry, Patreon search goal. So oh Masika <laughs> heals up the party. If the patrons want me to do an entire playthrough of Chrono Trigger, I'll do it. He would too. I he would. He would like oh. it. Yep. So there's a burst of healing energy rolls off of Masika. You still have a five foot step or move action if you'd like to take either. I'm going to stay where I am. Even flat footed, my AC's half decent. And I don't know how. Uh, I almost said Jahira because of Baldur's Gate, but that's not her name. Jahira. Jahira. Yeah. I'm not sure how Jasura's AC is, so I'll stand in front of the archer. Hold the line. <laughs> Sega holds her ground, bringing us to Jasura. Is she wearing any armor? I know her art does not show her in armor, but, you know, that's the art. I mean, I think if she's a, nope. a she sorcerer... Has a, she's then, already yeah. cast mage armor on herself, mm-hmm. though, so she's got that. She say as a she sorcerer, could have, she could not. <laughs> well, she could have arcane armor and all that stuff, too. The feet. Nope, she's like, gotta she's gotta have that sexy midriff exposure. Oh, mm. Uh let's see. We'll give her some sure more sensible will. clothes when we get out of here. <laughs> I mean you're in the desert. You want things to be breathable at least. It's the reason why so many of the the at the very least in this book, or at the very least in this uh, adventure path, you've seen a lot of shirtless men. So Yeah. I, mean, I do cakes. have a spare hot weather outfit I could give to her. Yeah, she probably <laughs> likes it. She can dress how she wants to dress. Uh Jashura will. She still can't see anybody. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? She'll go ahead and just uh, repeat last turn. She'll go ahead and flood attack, rapid shot, the whole nine yards. And it's a good thing that you have extra arrows because she's burned through 11 so far. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Out of the 20 she had. So she'll go ahead and, uh, yep, she'll full attack, full out attack, rapid shot, deadly aim. And she can see that Sudi is punching something directly ahead of him. So she'll go for that. She just needs to target where the fists land. Yep. So plus one, minus one, or plus one, plus one, minus two, minus five. So, all right. Natural one will automatically miss. Boo. Follows that up with a 33, which I'll roll to see if she hits with that. Follows that up with a 41, which is a threat. Follows that up with a perfect 20, which is an automatic hit <laughs> and Nice. <laughs> After that, we've got a 23, which is going to miss, and a... Perfect 20, which is an automatic hit and threat. <laughs> nice. God, this. All right. She's so... been cooped up a long time. She's getting out some aggression. I was going to say, she's you know? got some yeah. aggression. 
Alright, so I have to see whether or not any of those hit first. First one hits. Second one hits. Third one hits. Fourth one hits. So that's... Uh-oh. Nice. Two confirmations real quick. Give me one second. With the plus four to each of these because of critical focus. That is a confirmed. And this is the one that's difficult. No, even with the plus four, that's not going to confirm with her last shot. Aww. But still, one critical is So, yeah, three good. hits and a critical, so basically last turn all over again. Uh, yeah, um, I have a feeling that that one is going to go down. We just start seeing all these arrows embedding into something. <laughs> yeah, well, thunk, mean, thunk, thunk, thunk. We can see it. Sudi is like, oh, they're, 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 she's hitting something. <laughs> so, a pin cushion. 17 points of damage with the first hit. That's 18 points of damage with the second hit. That's 71 points of damage with her critical shot as the thing oh. tumbles and hits the ground, as Citra wow. and Hollis can see. For Sudi, you can just see these clump of arrows slam in before all the arrows go from being horizontal to vertical as whatever they're stuck <laughs> in falls backwards. Wow. Nice. So go ahead and take that last shot and shoot the other one, which was almost a critical, and instead does 16 points of damage. Nice. Wowzers. <sighs> I wish they entombed me with more arrows. Don't worry, we've got plenty. Oh, good. I had the feeling we might need them. That brings us to Hollis. Hollis is going to take a little five-foot step action. Um, and you know what? I'll uh, I'll aid Citra's next attack. Let me do a little ha-ha, stab-stab toward this guy. All right, so you stab out <laughs> for an aid another at a DC 10. I roll an 11 on the die, so I definitely hit a DC 10. Out of curiosity, what does that give you? Oh, God. Um, I don't even have... Oh, wait, I do have this written down. That gives me a, a 19. 19, all right. There we go. Oh, my. So Hollis steps forward and kind of jabs in the direction of something. <laughs> right now, I start with a 19. Well, I'm a wizard. Citra Nahumra. I'm I'm assuming that the, the last one is like right, right in the... Is immediately to your right-hand side. Or, sorry, well, technically, if you're facing towards Hollis, is ahead and to your right. So uh, Citra can see that it is uh, the last ghoul is in front of Hollis, so she is going to do a maneuver and uh, get into the flank. Do I need acrobatics for this, or? Uh, no, you I can just, actually five foot step. Just five That's foot step. what I was thinking. I was like, pull out attack. Five foot step. I'm not positive on the rules on this, and I'm not going to sweat it too much right now. Curious if Hollis is aiding another, and it requires an attack roll against AC. Actually, yeah, I do think you'd have to roll for mischance. If you couldn't see it, you can. Oh yeah, I, I was just kind of curious whether or not Sudi could do the same thing if he couldn't see it. Anyway, sorry, my, my brain just went down a avenue. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, for my first attack, I roll okay. a um, 38. I give you a plus two. Sorry, I roll a 19 and I get a 38. Plus two, 40. <laughs> a 40 will strike your target. That nice. was a threat. Hits, oh. threats, roll to confirm. Uh, for my second, uh, to my confirmation roll, I rolled a 13, which gets me a 32 plus 2, 34. 34 will confirm your critical hit Ooh. as you dive in stabbing down at this thing. Right. Murder it. Murder. I think technically stabbing up at this thing. Citra's kind of short. I'm 5'7", or 6, thank you. Oh, That's well, kind of short. Masika's the short average, one. Yeah. Masika's not even 5 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. So that is uh, 45 points of regular damage, 4 points of electricity damage. Nice. And dispelling. And dispelling. Oh, this one's that. still standing. I roll a 15 on the die, which gets me a 29 to dispel it. A 29 will succeed as it flickers back into visibility 
Nice. Uh oh. Nice. <laughs> For my second attack, I rolled a net 20. Yay! Yay! Perfect Murder. 20 will automatically hit. Threat, roll to confirm. Will a uh, 24 plus 2, 26 confirm? A 26 will confirm your critical yeah. hit as you dive into oh, yeah. the attack. Murder. Rachel's very pleased. I'm very pleased. I rolled a lot of sixes. We're all pleased for her, too. We're ready. I would love to know that everything is visible and or dead. Um, that's 49 points of regular damage, six points of electricity. Okay. So you dive to the four, ram your blade into them, uh, reduce them to negative 54 hit points as you stab <laughs> into his back, drag him down oh to the my. ground, and he dies. So all that right. caster level didn't matter? Nah. But you did a good job. Everybody got to see you kill him. <laughs> the creature falls as you stand. I imagine pant for a second. Look about the, the softly glowing chamber with the uh, the wide doors bereft of any means by which to open them on the far side of the chamber. Mm. And we'll pick it up here next time. Hollis puts her uh, dagger that, uh, away once as again. As looks around like, huh? Yeah, like Sunny's just like, well, they stopped moving. So I think we got them. So you're still just punching and hustling. Calm down, calm down. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.